Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. We enter our lives on earth with a primary purpose, which I think for just about all of us is is our only purpose, and that's to learn and grow spiritually. In fact, simply following the teachings of Jesus is the easiest and the most effective way for just about all of us to achieve rapid spiritual growth. And since none of the more than 40,000 odd denominations of Christianity will make any effort to teach what Jesus taught, most people simply aren't making the kind of spiritual progress in this lifetime that we all hope to make. One of the biggest ways that we can change that, of course, is just to altogether end the fear of death worldwide, since fear of death is the base fear. And when we no longer fear death, we no longer fear anything. And frankly, that means that we, our, our spiritual growth will begin to happen naturally. But people ask us, what is spiritual growth anyway? Well, we're going to talk about that today. It turns out that spiritual growth can be almost a mechanical process, and we're going to talk about that too. We're going to give you some tips that will empower you to make this your last necessary earth lifetime. (laughs) Frankly, there's nobody better equipped to help me tackle this really basic key topic than our wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. And he's with us, believe it or not, for the 37th time. As you already know, Craig is the world's leading expert on death in the afterlife and on the greater reality where our eternal lives all take place. And he is my senior partner in Seek Reality Online, which is the easiest and best way for you to end your fear of death by teaching you how really death happens, where it happens, and everything you need to know about death. It's turning out, in fact, to be a lot of fun for us to to start this key process and place for you to learn all about death and the afterlife. Craig and I today are going to give you the five indispensable tips that are going to help you to understand all about growing spiritually, and it will help you, frankly, to make this your last necessary earth lifetime. I don't care how old you are. In fact, even if you're as old as we are, and we're pretty old, if, you were, if you're 80 or not, even 90 years old, if you're in reasonable health, you still have time. You can make this your last earth lifetime. Craig, welcome. It's really wonderful to have you here today. I almost feel you're my, frankly, you're my co-host here now. Yeah, I'm uh, very looking forward to today because there's so much that we can say about growing spiritually and people don't understand what that means. They think it's uh, going to be connected with some religion somehow, and it doesn't have to be. It's something which is personal between us and the, the mind of God, the universe, and all we have to do is take advantage of that, that intimate connection that we have, and then we can have lives that are full of love, peace, and joy. It's fun. That's the great thing. So much of what people worry about, really, they don't have to worry about because it's, it's frankly fun. That's why I have fun in all of the, the titles of all of my books. 
let's talk about, frankly, what spiritual growth even is. Yeah, it's uh, most people don't understand spiritual growth. They assume that it means getting better at a religion. Yeah, I talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, that is not what it is. Spiritual growth is uh, very much in our best interests. It is enabling us to live lives that are full of joy. Uh, we shouldn't have to have problems in our lives, and, and we were not meant to. We're meant to grow out of it. So we have to come to the process, to the, to the condition, when we start to grow out of what we were taught as children, because most of that was full of ignorance and superstition. And when we grow out of that, then we come into what we're meant to have, which is a paradise on earth. We are meant to live in a heaven on earth now, uh, we don't have to wait until after death to be able to enter this heaven on earth. Heaven on earth is available to us now. Uh, as Jesus said in, in, the, in the Gospel of Thomas, the kingdom of heaven is spread out upon the face of the earth, and men do not see it. It's here, and all we have to do is take advantage of that. So we will live lives full of love and peace and joy, and all we need to do is to understand how to do that. And that's what we need to help people to understand. Many people, you know, just have an aversion. A lot of people have, have frankly been turned off even to think about the word gospel. So let's talk about it from a different direction. Let's talk about it from the direction of uh, Max Planck. I mean, he won the 1918 Nobel Prize uh, for having discovered quantum mechanics. And he discovered, frankly, that consciousness is uh, the base creative force even though uh, this is something that to this day, the gatekeepers, the scientific gatekeepers won't admit. Consciousness is is essentially what makes everything. Talk about that. I mean, con- yeah. consciousness at its lowest vibration, consciousness is, is all the ishy emotions. It's fear, it's anger, it's hatred. And it vibrates at a very slow rate. But consciousness at its highest vibration is perfect love. And essentially what we're doing when when we talk about spiritual growth is raising our personal consciousness vibration. That's really all we're talking about. Yeah, we're coming into where we, we were destined to go. Uh, there is a phenomenon that's called syntropy. It's the opposite of entropy. Syntropy meaning that there are things that are coming towards us that are good for us, that it will give us that love, peace, and joy. All we need to do is become, make them available to us. All we have to do is pay attention to them. Uh, and uh, as far as consciousness is concerned, uh, Amit Goswami, the nuclear physicist, was being, he was really very concerned about his life and about how he was running rat races in, in his professional career. And, and it occurred to him when he was at a conference and he was just unhappy because his presentation didn't go well and he walked out into nature and and he had a sudden realization of what we know to be true he said there is nothing but god there is nothing but god beautiful. everything is god oh and, how beautiful and all we need to do is immerse ourselves rather like immersing into a warm bath all we need to do is immerse ourselves into this life and we then will have that love, peace, and joy, which is our inheritance. It is our right to have it. And all we need to do is take advantage of it. Essentially, that's what's at the core of most of the positive near-death experiences, too. 
being suddenly immersed in the awareness that there's nothing but love, uh, nothing but joy. And when people have these, these, uh, that sort of God moments, um, they're struck by these, these eternal moments, um, these, these senses of eternal feelings. That's, that's what they essentially are. These, these moments of awareness. Um, when, when, uh, when Max Planck had that, he suddenly realized, you know, he said, I, we can't get behind consciousness. Everything that we talk about, everything that we believe exists, uh, it has at its base consciousness. And that's really what we are trying to do as well. When we talk about spiritual growth, we are just raising our awareness, raising what, what we think of as who we are, raising our vibration, our, our, the, the, our sense of awareness, raising the, the level of that. We, in this culture, we have no awareness that it even matters where our vibration is, but it's essentially everything. And we are careless of that in everything that's around us, in our entertainments, in, in, um, in going to church, in anything that we do, we think it doesn't matter where that vibration is in the people that we associate with. But it does. It's essential that that vibration not be low, not be, um, uh, that we not be filling our minds with garbage, but instead, but that we be raising our entertainments uh, and what we feel put into our minds. It's very important that we, we be elevating our minds. And I think it's, it's time that people stop and think about what we put into our minds and what we surround ourselves with, because that is essentially who we are, what we are. It's like drinking poison to put negativity into our minds. Uh, and into our children's minds as well. Um, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how, how much plainer to put it, but, um, all of this is essential to making us and making our children who we are. And we will be able to do that if we simply pay attention to what it is that is going on with us. We were reared, we were put on clothing as we grew up as children. And we put on various types of mental clothing, of psychological clothing. And we put on certain jackets and put on certain pants. And and those things that we grew up with that we put on, we didn't realize we were putting them on because we simply were reared that way. But now that we can look at ourselves in, in the mirror and we can say, how do I feel about that that jacket that I was given as a child? And we can say, no, that jacket is making me miserable. You know, it's making me fearful. It's interfering with my relationship with other people. I'm going to take that jacket off. And that pair of pants, that ugly pair of pants that we have that has conditioned us to believe things that are not true about life, about other people, about ourselves. All we need to do is take them off. And if we can start as, uh, as the adults that we are now to look at ourselves and take off what we were learned what we learned as childhood then what will happen is what we find underneath it is a beautiful wonderful full-bodied person who's full of love and joy and all we need to do is take off those raiments and allow that person to come through yes so in essence what we're talking about is something very important we will talk later about why 
we come here to to do this and why it's important to us in our eternal lives, very important to us to raise our vibration. But let's talk now about five central things that we must do in this life to raise our vibration. And a lot of people are going to go, oh, you really are not serious. You don't think we really are going to want to do this in our lives. Oh, yes, these are very important. The first thing, first of the five recommendations we're going to make is to stop all violent or negative entertainments and things that we put into our minds. And and we're very serious about this. The first thing you've got to do is stop all the negative video games. And right now we've lost half the audience. I know that's that's true. Um, all the negative video games, negative movies, violent movies. Um, I have not watched TV in more than 20 years. I don't care what it is. It could be sitcoms. It could be um, uh, news. Could, yeah, I mean, horrible I, my, my husband still watch the, watches the news. I don't watch it. It's, it's awful. It's terrible. And, and frankly, if things are going on that are negative in the world, I don't want to know about them. Because if I can't do anything about them, there's no point in my finding out about them. Occasionally, it, it does leak in at the dinner table. But we try to ban all that, even talking about it. Because if I can't fix it, why should I know about it? I mean, apparently, there has been there, there was a war somewhere. <laughs> And I don't, I don't even want to know about it. I can't fix it. I don't want to know. Yeah, and I think we need to moderate that. We are going to be exposed to, to these things in various phenomena, and we can moderate them. So that we can say uh, if something, if we're learning about the a war someplace and it begins to oppress us, it begins to make us feel bad, then we can moderate that by simply saying, I'm, well, that is something that I'm not going to entertain. So I'm going to take that out of my life and I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to, we can still have a television. We can still do things that are involved in, in our daily lives and everyone's daily lives, but we can moderate them by saying, this is beginning to make me feel bad. This is beginning to make me feel depressed. This is beginning to, to drag me down. And so that thing I'm going to take out of my life. And so we can extract things that we feel are really having a difference for us. The last movie I watched was Avatar, but I didn't watch it in a movie house. Um, apparently it's beautiful. I, 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 I was curious about it and people told me about it. And I did watch it on my TV and I thought it was beautiful. It wasn't that awful. I, I didn't uh, watch the, the, uh, the war part and I liked it. It was, it was fine. But that's it. I, I don't watch other movies. I I just don't. I, I, cho I choose not to watch that that sort of thing. And um, I haven't, frankly, missed TV at all. Yeah. And the, the world is conspiring against us, though, because the world as it is right now, our society as it is right now, is using that train wreck. And you can't help it. <laughs> So they're using the train work wreck to get to sell whatever their product is, whatever right. they're trying to give to us. And so they keep bringing us train wrecks and uh, we have, we have, uh, we're compelled to listen to them, to watch them. And, and what we need to do is we need to take as many of the train wrecks as we can out of our lives. We can't eliminate them all. 
our lives are still going to have them in, but we can take them out. And as you say, for instance, the movies that we watch, the movies that are being produced now for children are terrible. Uh, and I say yeah. they're being produced for children. They're they are geared towards that younger generation and they are terrible. They're full of horror and 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 awful catastrophic events and uh, there is so much of it that's a train wreck to get the children into the movie theaters that now what they're doing is they're they're teaching children children today uh, uh, and I mean children all the way up to the age of 25 children today <laughs> Children today are, are, are living in a dream world. We acknowledge the fact that, that they, are, they are not living in a reality. Their reality is a false reality. Uh, they don't really know what the real reality is. And this is not something I'm making up off the top of my head. Uh, this is something we, that is a realization that, that social scientists are coming to that children are living in a false reality, a reality that is given to them by the media, by the society, and that they have not learned what the real reality is. The real reality escapes them entirely. And as a result of that, they live in this reality of the social media, for instance. And when they live in that reality, then they are jostled around by it. They're depressed, they're lonely, they're suicidal. And it's a result of the fact that they're being taught a false reality and, and they need to just come down to the real reality. And in some way, we need to help them to do that. Uh, and the schools are failing them. The schools are not helping them to do that. The uh, Sunday schools are, or the, the, the churches are not helping them to do that. Uh, parents are not because they don't know what to do. And so what we need to do is we need to help them to realize what reality is what the truth is about life. And when they do that, when they start to look inward and calm themselves and come to that, then they will become changed people. That's hard for us to imagine now, but children can become changed people. And all we need to do is to help them to look inside, to understand that they are children of God. They, there is nothing but God. And to realize that they have a world, a whole world to look forward to, to live in love, peace, and joy, more, more joy than they can ever imagine having. But we have to bring them to that point of having that rather than bringing them train wrecks. So what can you do for entertainment? Well, what I do is uh, classics. For children, there are wonderful classic Disney movies. For you, um, there's Downton Abbey. There's... Um, a, a, there are some beautiful old movies that are, they're beautiful. Most of them are costume classics. And those, if I feel like watching a movie, um, you can, you can do. But frankly, I usually have too much else to do that that's writing and, uh, you know, my own work, which is what I do instead in the evenings. So there's plenty to do that you can enjoy and love doing, but nothing, probably nothing, uh, uh, no movie made after about 19. Oh, about 1985. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, everything beautiful, everything happy and uplifting. That's, that's yeah. sort of my rule. So that's, that's the first, the first rule. Uh, everything spiritually joyous. The second rule is to peacefully eliminate from your life the, all of the daily situations that cause you friction and stress. Change jobs if you have to and 
maybe move to another neighborhood, uh, change friends. If you know drained people, and when I say drained people, you know what I mean. People whose personal issues have made your life more difficult. You may need to, if, if they're not a relative or somebody that you have a real responsibility for, you may need to, you know, change change them, make remove them from, from your life. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, but you, your your spiritual growth is more important than... Um, than staying in a neighborhood where you have stresses that are causing you damage to your life. You just, you just have to try to make your life simpler. If, if you are do, if you're in a job that causes you stress and pain, you may need to change jobs. Making money is not the point of your life. Yeah. And most people don't realize that the, an important part of spiritual growth is becoming happy. We should become. Oh my goodness! Yes, that's what we, we, our our lives are meant to be happy. They're meant to be full of joy, and so what we need to do is, instead of feeling there is uh, and Nietzsche in Thus Spake Zarathustra, uh, Nietzsche describes the person as they evolve from being a child, and when they're a child, then they are a camel. He said. And the camel has burdens and carries burdens and is told what to do and and just does them without thinking about it. And but then as the child grows, that they should do is they should turn into a lion. And what the lion does is to to slay the the the, the dragon of thou shalt. And it's the dragon <laughs> of thou shalt has thou shalt all over its oh. every scale has thou shalt on it. And uh, they, the lion then slays the dragon of thou shalts. And after that, then the person becomes like a little child and becomes open and, and understanding and, and receiving of, of things in the world around them. But we have to come to the point at which we throw off the thou shalts, the, th- the feeling like I've got to stay in this job to make money because I've, I've got to make money so I can pay off the mortgage. And all of those thou shalts that we have in our lives and once we eliminate those and say, no, I can be happy w- with something less. I don't have to have that big mortgage in a house. I can be happy in, in other circumstances. And we eliminate the thou shouts, then we can sink back into a feeling of happiness and joy with what we've got. And we can do that. Every one of us can do it. We can just get, eliminate those feelings that we must have certain things. We must do certain things and allow the, the truth to come to us. Uh, we are meant to live lives full of love, peace, and joy. That is a gift. It's part of our birthright. And all we need to do is claim it. Perfectly said. I cannot improve on that. <laughs> but um, the, the, anything that is is draining the joy from your life, you have got to, to eliminate it, even if it's difficult. If it's, if it's a relative, uh, maybe you see them uh, only at Easter. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to put it, but that's the way it is. Third rule, begin a more deliberately peaceful set of spiritual practices. Um, I have a book coming out in the fall, which is called The Joy of Loving Jesus, Embracing the, the Christianity that Jesus Taught. I don't know how to put it more plainly than this, but you cannot find the Christianity that Jesus taught in any of the 42-odd thousand versions of Christianity that now exist. They all are fear-based. 
The Christianity that Jesus taught is love-based. We have to invent it ourselves, and we are going to do that now. It pains me to say it. They're all fear-based. That's true. The second coming of of Jesus is going to be his being understood for the first time. So what's happened is the early church, because it was more administrative and bureaucratic than it was in focused upon people and people's growth, the early church took over spirituality and told people what they must do, and they involved themselves in it. So what you must do, they said to the people, you must do what we tell you to do, and you must give us what we want you to give us. And from that point, then, all of the churches that were that grew out of that early Christian evolution have since stayed in that kind of a, a, a mired position uh, in, in which they are focused upon the rules. They're focused upon what the church gets out of it. And they're not allowing people to go inside to do what Jesus told them to do. Uh, all of the teachings of Jesus have been cloaked. And what we need to do now is to uncloak them, to allow them to come out to people. And those those teachings of Jesus are what allow us to come to the position of feeling love, peace, and joy in our lives, if people just learn that. Um, many people, unfortunately, believe that they can find spirituality in Christianity. I was a, I was a Christian for more than 50 years, and I tried very hard to be a a Christian. Unfortunately, they don't even teach the teachings of Jesus inside Christian churches. Um, I I know so many Christian clergymen who have had to leave Christianity in order to begin to teach, teach the the teachings of Jesus. It's very, very painful to have to even deal with it. But um, I mean, my, my poor husband who was a Catholic I, I went to mass with him, on, with him on Sundays for years, and finally I couldn't do it anymore because over the altar was a life-sized, full-color plaster Jesus bleeding on a cross. How can you consider that to be spiritual on any level? And finally, now we are going to we are going to start loving Jesus as He deserves to be loved, and listening to Him as He deserves to be listened to. And so that book will be out in the fall. Um, we, I've been promising it for years, and I know I have, and I'm sorry that it hasn't come out sooner, but it wasn't ready sooner. I mean, you, the, um, pe- people used to ask poor President Lincoln, how long should a man's legs be? And he said, they're just long enough to reach the ground. And finally, this book is ready. It's, it's, it had to be long enough to reach the end, and it is, is soon going to be out now. But um, if you can find a way to be spiritual inside your church, um, I'm not telling you to leave your church, but I'm just telling you that it's very hard to become as spiritual as you need to be to truly make this your last year's your lifetime inside any of the existing denominations of Christianity as they presently exist. But the teachings of Jesus, if you properly follow them, are more than enough for you to make this your last earth lifetime and we're going to establish establish a christian denomination based purely in the teachings of jesus that will take you easily take you all of the way in one lifetime 
And, and actually, even it'll take you that way in one lifetime, even if you're almost at the end of that lifetime. That's how good those teachings are if they're properly followed. Yeah. It's very it's very exciting to be able to say that finally. I'm very yeah. excited about it now. Yeah, it's true. And all the people need to do is to read the Gospels. And that that's it's amazing to have to say that. But they don't have to go to a church. They don't have to go to a religion in order to listen to a religion. All they need to do is read the Gospels. Yes. The teachings as he, are, as he right. said them, exactly, exactly right. He was very clear. Uh, and, and, of course, we only have a small part of what, what Jesus had actually taught. Yes. Have, and it's because it made an impression upon the people. What he said, uh, of course, he said many things during his, his period of his ministry. But what made an impression on people, what what really stuck with people, became the oral tradition. People shared those stories, and so they would talk to their to their cousin or to someone else about what what this man Jesus said. It's phenomenal what he said. He said he said all we need to do is love God and love other people. That's the, that all the commandments there are, and and this this is amazing. And so they shared these things with each other orally, and then eventually it wasn't until thirty or forty years later after Jesus had had uh, gone to his next destination in life, that uh, they then started to write this stuff down. And in uh, the Gospel of Mark was the earliest gospel, and, and the Q Gospel, which is uh, lost to us today. But these gospels then were the earliest gospels, and they were primarily gospels of sayings, of the things that he taught. The most important things that he taught are what the people remembered. That's what they carried on. And if we go back to the Gospels now and just look at those important things that they realized were important and we make those a part of our lives, then we can live our lives as he expected us to live them, to live them in love, peace and joy with each other, in harmony with each other, in peace, in love. And all we need to do is to go back to his teachings and then we can enjoy those situations in our lives. It's very exciting. This is such an exciting time. But anyway, so that's the third. And the fourth is practicing and learning and practicing prevenient forgiveness. Now, this is a tricky one because what once we've done the basics and basically cleaned up our lives, um, he kept talking, Jesus kept talking about forgiveness. And forgiveness is very important. But the problem is this, if you if you just forgive things after they've happened, you make yourself crazy and you can make yourself crazy about this because and and uh, P- Peter said this, he said to, G- to Jesus, look, they're making me crazy. You're telling me, I mean, how many times do I have to forgive these people? I, seven times, seven times. I mean, he's, he keeps doing the same thing over and over again. Do I have to keep forgiving him seven times? And Jesus says, no, I don't tell you seven times. I say 70 times, seven times. You've got to forgive him every single time. He does that. You've got to forgive him over and over and over again. And, you know, obviously that doesn't work. If you, if you keep letting him do the same thing and forgive him over and over again, you're, you are going to lose your mind. But there's a there's a way to forgive him every time. And the way is to forgive him before he does it. And we don't have time, you know, in a in a and it's 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 too difficult because I I have to show you how to do it. 
But there is a way to forgive things before they happen. I talk about it in my book, The Fun of Growing Forever, and it does work. I have to tell you, if, if you wait until things after things have happened to forgive them, it doesn't work. But if you learn prevenient forgiveness and practice it, it just takes a few weeks to learn. It does work. And then you never really have to forgive again in your life. And it, and it, it changes you internally in ways that I can't even describe. So f- number four is to learn and to practice pre- prevenient forgiveness. I learned this trick, and I, I have to tell you that I didn't learn it. It has to have come from Jesus because I didn't learn it from anyone except that it came to me one day and I learned it. And this was 11 years ago, 12 years ago now, and I've I've never had a problem since. And it changed me forever. So once you learn it, you'll never have to learn it again. And it will it will raise your vibration more than anything else you will ever learn to do. Almost yeah. single-handedly, that one change will will literally make this your last Earth lifetime. I'm I'm going to give classes in it at at, at some point, um, regularly on on um, <laughs> probably on both. We're going to have two websites, and I'll be giving I'll be giving classes on both websites because this is such a good trick. But that's number four: is just learn prevenient forgiveness. I swear, this is the best trick there is. Yeah, and and prevenient forgiveness means not judging. So in other words, we're before we even begin to the act of judge, we stop ourselves and and not judge, and then the forgiveness is already inherent in that not judging. He also told us in the Gospels that uh, it, it, we shouldn't judge other people with, uh, because they have a speck in their eye when we've got a board in our own eye. <laughs> That's right. And what he, and what he was saying was uh, that we should not judge people for what they are, who they are, uh, for their, their shortcomings. We should instead be able to accept them. And the more we're able to accept them, the more that we're able to uh, believe that they have... Uh, qualities that are that are from the mind of god that are part of god because we're all part of god the more that we can see them in that way the more we will have love and peace and joy with them and our lives can be entirely different if we just change our our attitude towards other people they also then will reciprocate and so then we will live in a loveful yes exactly right Mm. when you change yourself you change all the people around you. It's like it's like a ripple on a pond. You that that your pebble in the pond starts ripples. And have you ever noticed how then those ripples affect other all the other ripples around them? And and those ripples all go all across the pond. And it's amazing. It's like it's like a, a butterfly's wing. And then that butterfly's wing changes the air and all the other butterflies change the air around them too. And suddenly everything changes. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Yes. It's a critical mass. And and we actually have research that shows this is true. It's called the Maharishi effect. And in the Maharishi effect, the Zen meditators meditate in an area city and after uh, when there's a mass of these meditators then uh, and it can be as small as one uh, percent or, or less than one percent 
when they meditate, then the research shows that within that city, the crime rate reduces during that period of time. There are more uh, efforts to make things happen that are quality for other people within the government at that period of time. And there are less violent acts. And as the result of that is because of the fact that those people are having an effect upon the whole population of a city. And the re the, this research has been done in Washington. It's been done in Israel. And we know that this is true. So that if we then can have a, this critical mass of people who are loving and peaceful and concerned about others, that will have an effect upon the whole city, even among those people who don't realize that they're being affected. That's why there are going to be two websites. We understand that, that um, the secreality.com is the first one, and that is already just now operational. The second one we will be operational in the spring, and that will focus entirely on teaching the teachings of Jesus, and it will be non-religious Christianity. They will work together to spread freedom from the fear of death and liberation and joy in Christianity. The fifth way to, to create the miracle of raising your vibration so that this will be your last earth lifetime, and that is for you to learn the truth about death and the afterlife. Only when you have done that will you for certain make this your last earth lifetime. Because when you are free of the fear of death, you will raise your vibration so much that you will absolutely never need to come back. Yeah, and what it is is... Um... People are wearing shoes that are too tight and they're hurting their feet. And uh, so, and what I mean by that is that they're making themselves unhappy and they keep wearing these shoes that are too tight when if they just took them off and they would allow themselves to grow. And when they grew, they would find that they didn't have to have that pain. They didn't have to have that unhappiness because their feet hurt. And all we're saying is just take off the shoes that have been burdening you and come to this understanding, just a realization of who we are in eternity, of what this transition that we call death is, about how we cannot judge other people, how we can release judging. And once we do that, then we take off those shoes and we realize that all this time that we've been walking around in pain, all we need to do is to allow ourselves to love other people the way we naturally love other people, and our entire lives would change. Imagine the freedom of knowing for certain that your life is eternal. I can't really remember it now, Craig, but I almost do still remember what it was like to be afraid. Yeah, I used to. Uh, I can remember that. I can remember I actually wrote uh, a poem. It was called Ode on a Lava Lamp. And um, <laughs> it, it, this is about when I was in college, I believe. And uh, the Ode on a Lava Lamp was uh, watching the <laughs> lava lamp and these globs would uh, go rise and then fall and rise and then fall and what i my, and my message was that our lives are like that we rise we we come we are alive for a period of time and then we fall and i felt like that was reality i thought that that's what the way life was and, and uh and and but what i realized then what i what i was a fear afraid of then was that i was going to live I was going to be in the same situation I was before my birth, after my death. 
which was nothing. I didn't know anything about what happened before my birth. Oh my, and that's funny. So I can I'm remember sorry. that feeling. <laughs> yeah, I can remember that feeling. And it's really a distraught feeling. It's a terrible, horrible feeling to think that you're going to not exist anymore. Uh, and and that's that's a lie. That's a fabrication. It's simply not totally. true. Totally. You know, we have, yeah. we have much to look forward to. We have a wonderful reunion with our loved ones and when we come into the next life. We continue to grow and, and become more loving with other people. Uh, and so the next life is a wonderful life that we can look forward to because we're in a spiritual life now. This is a spiritual plane. And we will be going into another spiritual plane when we leave this one. And that spiritual plane is just going to be wonderful. And so we need to look forward to that. We need to understand that and not believe that our lives are like a lava lamp. I think that's really that's really cute. Lovely. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, but I think that's really funny. No, it's it's so joyous knowing the truth changes everything. It changes everything. It turns really what was a was a tragedy. Life is a tragedy. To be alive for a little while and think it's going to end is tragic. It's like it's like having having something wonderful dangled in front of you and then taken away. But knowing that, that the truth is that it it goes on forever, but it's actually better. It gets better and better. I mean, that's, it turned, that's, a, that's the best thing of all. Knowing that it goes on and gets better is wonderful. And, and that's the best part of all of this, that it gets better and better. There's nothing, nothing ever ends. That's really the best. If it exists now, it always will. Isn't that the best part? And we will with all of the people whom we love, all of the pets whom we love. And so all of the love that we have engaged in, that we, we value so much in this lifetime, all of those things then we take with us. And so what we're doing right now is we're preparing ourselves for the life after this life. And but we, we can have that kind of life here. So we, we don't have to wait until we go into the next life to have love, peace, and joy. We can yes. have it here. We're meant to have it here. We're only being, uh, we are, are in shackles uh, by what we were taught as children. We need to throw off the shackles. We need to break out of prison. And we need to allow ourselves to feel all of the feelings that we can have that are naturally our birthright. And all we need to do is, is just have these realizations. And that's why we keep trying to teach people to help them to understand that they can throw off the shackles and they can have a life full of love, peace, and joy. Oh yeah. And that, that's, that's why I love what we do so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, when, when I go to bed at night, I can't wait to have the, the night be over so I can get up in the morning and do this over again. <laughs> that, that's, that's the best thing. I mean, some people actually want to retire. I can't imagine that retiring would be so awful because I love what we do so much. Yeah, and uh, it is one of the. It's a labor of love. Uh, it is uh, when Enjoy. when you love other people, when you genuinely love other people, then you will find that you're anxious to do things for them. You're anxious yeah. to make sure that their lives are wonderful, make sure that their lives are enjoyable. And when you do that, then they turn around and they do the same thing to you, and they reciprocate. Yeah. And when we start to look for look for ways of helping other people to be joyful, 
then they are looking for ways to make us joyful. And then we'll live in a, a world full of peace of love and joy. This is not naive. It isn't a, just a dream. It isn't something which is not possible. It is entirely within our capabilities to make a love and make a world that is love-centered, that is other-centered. We just need to do it. Everybody listening has a part to play in this too. This is, you and I can't do this alone. This is what all we're doing is helping everybody listening to have to play their part to make all of to make it all work. It's all part some. It's all something that we all can do together, and that's the best part of all. We can do it together. Yeah, we are the heroes. So the heroes <laughs> yes, we are the ones we've been waiting for. That's true. We're the ones that we've been waiting for. That we're already here. Uh, Redfield said that he said, and, and uh, he said that that the heroes are already in place. That the the revolution can happen at any moment. It's just a matter of re- of allowing these people to come out and to to speak and to teach and and to realize who every one of us is. And once we do that, then we will have that world that we want to have, that we wish we could have. It's within our grasp. We just have to reach out and take it. It's right here now. It's very, very exciting. Oh, this this has been so much fun. I always love doing this with you. And each one seems to be a little better and a little happier. Very exciting. Oh, my dear. Well, th- this is something which is happening right now, everyone. It's already starting to happen. We're very, very, very excited about it. Craig and I just can't stop giggling, I have to say. <laughs> very exciting. So, Seekreality.com is is already uh, it's already up and running, and we're already putting the rest of it into place. We, we're starting now to work on the website, which which frankly Jesus is behind. And be, knowing that this time now to do the book is has me giggling. I can't begin to tell you. I'm working on it now. I'm very very excited about that book, and uh, we're we're starting to work on the website too. I'm starting to write scripts. And um, I'm told that the website is supposed to come out early next year for, for the Jesus's website. And then we will start to promote them together. Very, very exciting. I can't even stand it, Craig. I'm so, so happy about this all. All the whole yeah. thing is very thrilling. So am I. And, and the seekreality.com website now has the teachings. So we are putting them on the website. And then we're making even more available to people who want to become members and join us in this endeavor. And so if we can just get people involved, get that critical mass of people to make a change in the world, we don't have to have everybody. All we need to do is have a critical mass. And so one person at a time, we're trying to reach people. Everybody has it within them to live a life full of love. It's just a matter of us being able to understand how to do that, how to take that and make that part of who we are. Bless you, my dear friend. Big hug. And we will we will have Craig back soon. We we're, we're he probably is gonna be with us every six weeks from now on. That's sort of what we're planning, because we're there's something new to talk about at least that often at this point. But but again, everybody, we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes and Craig Hogan, and I'm very glad you could be with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really get that, wow, it changes everything in your life for the better. 
Next week, we're going to be talking with, all the way from the United Kingdom, Sue Brain and her wonderful book, Living Fully, Dying Consciously, The Path to Spiritual Well-Being. Sue is a grief counselor, and I think you're going to enjoy her very British and rather matter-of-fact point of view. So please join us next week. And of course, this week, we've been enjoying our wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, who's been with us for, believe it or not, the 37th time. The reason why we take these lifetimes on Earth at all, in fact, I think the reason we, I think Craig agrees, the reason why this whole universe even exists at all is so we can learn and grow spiritually. And this week, we've given you five indispensable tips that you'll need to have and to take in order to make this your last necessary Earth lifetime. You don't want to keep coming back and dealing with this world I don't care how old you are, even if you're 80 years old already, if you're in reasonable health. It's so you just have a few more years left. All you have to do is follow those five steps. No more video games. And I think maybe if you're 80, you don't mind giving those up. If you were driving while you were listening and you didn't write those down, those five steps, Craig has them posted at SeekReality.com. And that's how important we both think they are. And of course, now it's time to mention once again, as we do each week, just go to SeekReality.com, sign up there. It's very inexpensive and your reality can finally be for certain you're knowing that your life really is eternal. It's not that hard to make convince yourself once you see all the evidence. It's take there's we have at least 80 years of our combined research posted there for you to get. It took me more than 50 years it, it just it can take you literally months to really get okay i get it now and when you get it you never forget it it's real it's true i don't care what anyone says you will finally understand yes i get it now it's real it's true i really do live forever and you will then sleep like a baby every night because it's real now, as you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forward, The Fun of Living Together, and Out This Fall, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. For young children, and that includes grandchildren, of course, there's the fun of meeting Jesus. You can order all these books through bookstores on Amazon, and the adult books are also available as audiobooks. If you want to talk about any of my books, if you want to talk about anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer emails if you give me your correct email address. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever podcasts are found, and many people just get the Seek Reality app, which you can find for free just about anywhere. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with RobertaGrimes.com. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality. And always know that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you in particular, in all the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at RobertaGrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything. <laughs>